You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. One of the world's biggest ships is setting sail from Vancouver Harbor tonight on its first North American voyage. The massive Norwegian Joy barely fits beneath the Lionsgate Bridge, and that's a problem for Vancouver's future as a cruise ship destination. Our Aaron MacArthur joins us from West Vancouver tonight, and Aaron, it's tight timing for the crew to clear that bridge. Yeah, tight timing. Low tide just happened here at Ambleside, and the ship isn't quite out of the harbor just yet, inching its way towards the Lionsgate Bridge. Not a ton of room for the Norwegian Joy to fit underneath. Every inch in this journey counts. And that's one of the big issues for the Vancouver Harbor and the cruise ship industry. It's just too big to come here on a regular basis. No wonder she is so enormous. The Norwegian Joy has a lot of stuff packed under 18 decks. There is a go-kart track. Virtual reality, bars and restaurants, all designed to handle 4,000 passengers and nearly 2,000 crew members. The beauty of the size of the ship is we're able to put an awful lot of things on. The floating city is so big, this is the only time Vancouver will see her. When she arrived, there was just five feet between the bottom of the bridge and the top of the smokestack. That limit to the size of vessels in Vancouver Harbour is having an impact on BC's bottom line. A visit of a ship of this nature to Vancouver is worth conservatively $3 million to the provincial economy. A ship like this is even bigger, so there's more people, more provisions. Instead, all that money is going to Seattle, where Joy will call home for the summer. The cruise ship industry here in BC would like to see more infrastructure built to handle these big ships, even if that means away from downtown. We would have an option, I think, of looking at another terminal somewhere outside of the downtown harbour, perhaps towards Delta. Um, and sure, that's not right downtown, but it'd be closer to the airport. After one last look at Vancouver's skyline, the Norwegian Joy squeezed her way under the Lionsgate Bridge and off into the sunset taking nearly a hundred million dollars in potential revenue with her. And this is an agonizingly slow journey out of uh, Burrard Inlet into the open ocean. Uh, she still hasn't quite made it under the Lionsgate Bridge yet, but I got to tell you, there's quite the crowd gathered here in Ampleside watching what's going to happen over the next four or five, maybe ten minutes uh, for the time it takes for the Norwegian Joy to finally get under the bridge. We'll stick around. We'll keep you updated when it finally happens. Chris oh, and Sophie. Thrilling moment when it goes <laughs> under. All right. Thanks very much, Aaron. Imagine being a driver when that thing mm -hmm. goes under. Well, the city of Victoria wants to move forward on a pilot project that would make transit free. The idea is to get more people on buses and reduce the number of cars on the road. But as you might expect, there's debate over how to pay for it. Richard Zussman has the story. It's the busy bus time ritual. Get in line, get on board, and pay up. What if Victoria and the capital region got rid of that last part? A uh, free bus would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how they could afford it. Victoria City Councillor Shamarke Dubo is leading the charge to make public transit in the region free. 
The regional council now looking at the proposal that would get people ditching their cars and fighting carbon pollution. It will help people to move uh, easily, like to where they work, where they worship, where they play. It costs $2.50 to ride the bus in Victoria. A suggestion to cover those fares, property tax increases. Another, the federal and provincial government stepping in. Premier John Horgan telling the city of Victoria, stick to your bus lane. I believe that Victoria's ideas are very uh, well and good. If they want to raise the money in Victoria to pay for that, I'd be happy to take that. As for Metro Vancouver riders, free transit isn't even on the radar. Translink ridership on buses, boats and trains hit a record high last year, up 7%. And even with paying customers, the system is already overcrowded. We are looking at, uh, at opportunities to, to partner with the, the provincial government for uh, things like free transit for youth and, and low-income passes. Um, but overall, uh, you know, I think in Metro Vancouver, uh, it wouldn't be the right context to, to have completely free transit. Victoria's free ride is far from a done deal. The first step would be free transit for all riders under 19. Then if that goes well and Victoria can figure out how to pay for it, jumping on board with a pilot to drop the fares for all. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. There is speculation someone in Port Moody is angry about the heavy rush hour traffic through their neighborhood, and they are taking drastic measures with some alarming consequences. Port Moody police are investigating two incidents where the windows of cars were shot out with paintballs. The attacks took place along Spring Street, a narrow laneway that many drivers use as a rat run to get past the heavy traffic on the two main routes, St. John's and Clark Streets. So far, no one has been hurt, but police are calling the incidents a dangerous overreaction. We would like to remind the public that uh, the speeds through that area is 30 kilometers an hour. We will be investigating, picking up our patrols through that area to see if speeding is a factor. And if uh, a motive for the damage is frustration with speeds, we do encourage uh, the public to contact the police and let us investigate because certainly it takes a split second for something very bad to happen. People get pretty upset at people flying down alleys, but I mean, that might be a bit of an extreme, but it's kind of a, it's in between two major roads. So cars tend to try and cut out the traffic and fly by. The province's plan to widen a busy stretch of Highway 1 through Langley does not go far enough for the mayor of Abbotsford. Henry Braun wants to see the expansion extended further east to ease the increasing congestion impacting commuters in the Fraser Valley. Nadia Stewart reports. In Abbotsford, it is a major headache. Especially from Langley to Abbotsford, it's bad. I mean, if there's an accident, you're sitting there for hours. Sitting on Highway 1, stuck in traffic. For residents, the answer is clear. This stretch of road needs to be widened. Both uh, coming and going, uh, it'd be nice to have uh, another lane there. I think most people in Abbotsford would agree with that, I would think. We have to make the connection from 264th to Mount Lehman. That has to happen to connect into the airport. Now Abbotsford's mayor is pushing the province to rethink where the project ends. Henry Braun says Thursday's announcement was great, but a widening all the way to Watcom Road is desperately needed. And at the very least, he says the expansion should have gone to Mount Lehman, where over a million airline passengers are adding to the congestion. 
the kind of congestion that's making life difficult for residents in a growing city. They miss soccer practices, they miss this, they miss that. All of these other costs to our quality of life that we don't typically think of. Community leaders sat down with the Premier at a meeting following Thursday's big announcement, making clear to him and the Transportation Minister why they believe this needs to be a priority. The Premier is not making any promises. We'll sit down with the Finance Minister and talk about where we can find space in our capital plan to accelerate that construction. But I made no commitments to the Mayor, he understood that. Work on the recently announced expansion won't begin until 2021. So Brown says that gives him a chance to make the case for Mount Lehman. And in next year's budget, uh, I'm guessing, you know, that stretch of highway is maybe a $35, $40 million bill. Hoping the province can squeeze them in. Nadia Stork, Global News. A B.C. billionaire and philanthropist is suing Twitter for defamation after he became the target of harassment for his connections to the Clinton Foundation. Frank, Frank Justra filed a civil claim in B.C. Supreme Court on Tuesday. The suit claims his reputation was tarnished by a barrage of tweets related to the 2016 U.S. presidential race. Justra accuses Twitter of publishing multiple defamatory posts ranging from allegations of involvement in child sex trafficking to business crimes. A lawyer not connected to the case tells Global it's believed to be the first of its kind in Canada. It's a very interesting case because despite all the toxic defamatory uh, postings that appear on Twitter and for that matter many other websites, there has not been a reported Canadian case, as best as I can discern, against Twitter for precisely this sort of scenario. While Twitter is an American company, the lawyer explains Joostra likely filed the suit in B.C. because in the U.S., companies like Twitter, Google and Facebook are protected by a statute that does not consider their websites to be publishers. So they're generally exempt from liability. Here in Canada, there's no legal precedent for companies to be held responsible for comments that are posted on their sites. The SNC-Lavalin controversy may be fading in some voters' minds. That's according to the latest Ipsos poll. The gap is tightening between the Liberals and Tories in the lead-up to the fall election. Our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us from Victoria with more on this. Keith, where is support shifting? Oh, it's quite interesting, Sophie. And again, polls being polls are not always accurate. But I think this is an interesting snapshot of current public opinion. And it shows potentially that uh, the, the Liberals may have bottomed out as a result of that scandal. And the momentum the Conservatives gained may have been arrested somewhat. But here are the numbers from an exclusive poll done for Global by Ipsos. The Conservatives continue to be in the lead, 36%. But that's down four points. Liberals up two points to 32. And the NDP down again at 19. Momentum counts, especially this so close to the next vote. Now, on a breakdown, it gets even more interesting. The Liberals have healthy leads in both B.C. and Quebec. Uh, the Conservatives will lead in, a, in the Prairies and the Maritimes. And the Liberals and Conservatives basically in a dead heat in Ontario. That tells me, Sophie, if that sort of public opinion holds come October, we're probably looking at a minority Liberal government because Quebec is so vote-rich, uh, uh, so riding-rich for whichever party has a healthy lead there. That gives the Liberals a bit of an advantage there. But, again, the vote is six months away, folks. One thing you can be sure of it's going to be a tight race. Numbers today, though, will likely change between now and then. It's going to be an exciting campaign, I think. So much drama already, Keith. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Right. Those stories coming up right now, though, a desperate plea tonight from a mother whose daughter vanished three years ago. We have cried more tears than I thought possible. 
We aren't living. We are just surviving one day at a time. That is the mother of Ashley Simpson, the young Ontario woman who went missing in North Okanagan in April 2016. Her relatives are renewing their plea for information. Simpson was last seen in Vernon, but had been living south of Salmon Arm on Yankee Flats Road. Simpson is one of several women who have disappeared in the North Okanagan in recent years. Her family, of course, is desperate for answers. My family will never be the same. I feel like someone must know something about Ashley and maybe are too afraid to say something. But there are so many ways to reach out to the RCMP. Please, just call. Ashley had so many people that loved her and miss her and just want her home. A Calgary woman is speaking out after she was caught up in B.C.'s aggressive impaired driving enforcement. Like other cases we've covered, she couldn't provide a suitable breath sample due to a medical condition. She lost her car and her license. And as Kylie Stanton reports, it's been an expensive and time-consuming ordeal to prove her innocence. I tried five times to do the test. With every breath, Jolyn Neal could feel the walls closing in. I think it's like entrapment. The 61-year-old Calgary woman suffers from COPD, a lung disease that makes it difficult to breathe, let alone pass a breathalyzer test. I'm still, uh, still upset about it. Neal was visiting family in Victoria this past March when she was pulled over here at the intersection of Fort and Fowl Bay and ticketed for using the GPS on her phone. She doesn't dispute that infraction, but what happened next is another matter. He said he smelled alcohol and asked me if I would do a breathalyzer. Neil informed the officer she had COPD and producing a sample would be difficult. When that proved to be the case... He handcuffed me and put me in the back of the car. Yeah. Neil was given a $500 fine, a 90-day driving prohibition, and her vehicle was impounded in Victoria for 30 days. She was forced to fly back to Calgary and rely on taxis to get around. There are many witnesses to say she wasn't drinking. Leaving her sister to take the case to an adjudicator. We did have a review and um, I won it. But for the family, that's not enough. They know others like Norma McLeod, Inger Forsyth, and Patty Dowler have been in the same situation. In fact, in two of those cases, the tickets were issued by the same Saanich police officer. They say something has to change. It is accusing people of guilt, and then the people themselves have to prove their innocence. Jennifer Tarrant is calling for options like blood and urine tests to be made available for those unable to provide a breath sample. Because in a case like this, that would have prevented the injustice. While the Solicitor General says his staff is looking into it, it's too late for Neil. It would have saved her thousands of dollars in flights, taxis and the extra trip back to Victoria to collect her vehicle. It would have saved her the embarrassment of it all. It's really not fair. Kylie Stanton, Global News. A Langley City firefighter is braving big heights to honor fallen first responders in the Big Apple. Colby Dodd is training for the fifth annual New York City Memorial Stair Climb. He's one of only 343 firefighters from around the globe selected to tackle the World Trade Center. On May 4th, Dodd will run up 80 flights of stairs in full gear, including oxygen tanks. The 9-11 fundraiser is held in memory of the 343 firefighters and others who died on September 11th, 2001. I know that uh, just being in that area of ground zero where the memorial pools are is quite emotional, not just for firefighters, but for everyone. 
And uh, to be able to, to climb that tower and be at the top of the tower, I know I'll probably uh, be emotional at the top. Him. Good luck with that. It's a sudden and completely avoidable way to die. Millions of birds killed globally each year when they fly into buildings. Now UBC is determined to curtail the carnage with a solution it hopes could extend beyond campus, saving millions of migrating bird species. Linda Aylesworth reports. What a marvelous thing to be able to fly, but it can be perilous. As many as 42 million birds die every year in Canada from flying into glass. It happens wherever there are windows. That includes the University of British Columbia. We think that there's a approximately 10,000 birds a year that collide with windows on our campus. They know that because researchers painstakingly searched the perimeters of campus buildings and counted the corpses. Then they got a better idea. Imagine this is the bird hitting the window. The vibration is sensed by a bird impact monitor, the location and time sent to a computer. The number will go up each time something hits the window. Having established the extent of the problem, the Centre for Interactive Research on Sustainability got to work finding solutions. The bird-friendly art is on the windows, also on the guardrails. Guardrails can be a big problem for birds. They just look like you can go fly right through. Warning them that they can't fly through can be done in a number of ways. Over here you can see there's some dots been applied to the window. The key they have found is to have designs no more than five centimeters apart. This is grading as part of the design of the building and it works to deter birds from hitting the windows. You can even use landscaping. Because the trees are so close to the building, birds would not build up speed and hit the windows here. The goal, which they've nearly achieved, to create bird-friendly building design guidelines. My greatest hope that this will raise awareness of uh, bird collision problems and help people to design buildings better and help occupants to act upon the problem. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Some people might say we don't, they don't want to leave, but we will let them know that is absolutely necessary for their own safety. That's Montreal's mayor declaring a state of emergency as flooding worsens. The city now ordering mandatory evacuations while the fire department has more power to protect homes. Quebec is under more than a dozen states of emergency. A thousand military personnel have been called in and thousands of homes are already underwater. So far, Montreal's situation is better than two years ago, but there's more rain coming. Dams, dikes and sandbag walls are holding... But if levels rise, water could collapse those sandbag guards. We're just uh, trying to stay ahead of the game and build up the wall a little bit. The city of Ottawa remains under a state of emergency as waters in the Ottawa River continue to rise. The race is on there to sandbag and save as many homes as possible. Water levels are expected to go up by nearly a meter in the next few days, surpassing what the area saw in 2017 in what was also considered a once-in-a-century event. Public health officials are going door-to-door, checking on residents. 400 troops have been deployed to help those still hoping to hold on to their homes. Ontario Premier Doug Ford toured the area to survey the damage and promises the province's full support. An NFL star is now banned from team activities after disturbing audio surfaced. He is terrified. You need to be terrified of me too. 
That is just a portion of the audio heard in the leaked recording of Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill. It appears he is threatening his fiancée after she accuses him of physically abusing their three-year-old son. In light of the new evidence, a criminal investigation has been reopened in the case. Hill maintains he did nothing wrong. The Kansas City Chiefs say while the situation is being investigated, Hill will not take part in any team activities. Abbotsford police are targeting teens with an anti-sexting campaign and the message appears to be getting out. It's a no went live last week and as Catherine Urquhart reports, its launch briefly crashed the website. How many of you have a cell phone? With so many kids owning smartphones, keeping them safe is more challenging than ever. Abbotsford police are tackling the problem with a new initiative to help children avoid being victims of inappropriate texts or social media. I thought it was a really good presentation. We learned a lot about how to not send nudes and it's good. Yeah. I've heard of it happen to a lot of people, but they usually don't speak up about it. The It's a No campaign warns kids about sending compromising photos of themselves, which could end up online forever. They're also taught that possession of such images could lead to criminal charges for child pornography. I think when we get to the point where we talk about uh, the criminal charges or the criminal consequences, I think that's what really snaps the young men into paying attention. When it started going into the middle schools, when the principals and the vices were calling us saying this is happening to our kids, that's when we thought we need, to, we, need, we need a plan to action. We can't just sit on our hands anymore. We have to do something about it. Amanda Todd was a victim of cyberbullying. The 15-year-old Port Coquitlam girl committed suicide in 2012 after being targeted by an online predator. Her mother thinks the Abbotsford Initiative is great. I've seen the devastation of um, how images and, and words can hurt young people um, as, the, you know, as the sender of it and then it gets shared out there. It just crushes them. It's a No also offers kids this meme which they can upload to their phones and then send to any would-be harassers. It open their eyes more to like consequences of it. Were you aware of the consequences? Uh, no. Like criminal? No, I didn't know that there were any criminal consequences. It's... Abbotsford police are taking their campaign to all middle and high schools across the district. Hopeful their efforts will discourage kids from making poor decisions, ones that could last a lifetime. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. In Health Matters tonight, organ transport operations reaching new heights in the U.S. For the first time, a drone has been used to deliver an organ for transplant. The kidney was successfully transplanted into a 44-year-old woman suffering from kidney failure. The University of Maryland Medical Center feat caps more than three years of work to show Unmanned aircraft can safely transport life-saving organs and tissue. Doctors say using drones would expedite the delivery of organs, which do not last long outside of the body. All right, returning now to our top story. This is the money shot we've been waiting for. The reason the crowd's lined up at Ambleside. The Norwegian Joy barely squeezing underneath the Lionsgate Bridge. You can see, or at least you could, there was a guy standing right on the top of the mast as it passed under. There are 20 decks on that massive ship. It's 330 meters long, but it's the height 
that causes the problems. It had to go under the bridge at low tide. It's the only time that it can fit on its way to Seattle for um, continued voyages up to Alaska, it sounds like, over the cruise season. Quite a sight. Sure is. <laughs> Puts things into perspective when you see it next to the bridge. All right, it was covered in silt and full of memories. Right after the forecast, we will crack the mystery of that long-lost GoPro camera pulled from an Okanagan Creek. And after all of that time, there were some flood events. There was, it was washed down the creek. It's quite an amazing story. <laughs> uh, we are lucky that we're heading into the weekend. and mm -hmm. There's lots of sunshine, even if it doesn't look that way right now. Here's Yvonne Schell in, with, in for Christy. Yes, we've had a bit more cloud cover uh, this afternoon and evening, but it is going to brighten up once again for the weekend. I'll show you more in just a moment. And if you're heading along the mountain passes, we are tracking some snowfall. Here's a glance at our temperatures out of the airport. 12, 13 was the high today. Average sits closer to 15 degrees. The moisture that's falling for the interior, it's rain, but it is going to change over to snow late this evening and into the morning hours. And accumulating snowfall for higher elevations if you're traveling along any of the mountain passes. The reason being the system that is pushing in. The snow level is going to lower. We're seeing it hovering closer to 1,100 meters through the day tomorrow. And here's a glance at some of the numbers. So along the mountain passes, the Coquihalla, the connector, two and up to four centimeters, but the higher amounts will be for the Rogers, Kootenai, and Pine Pass, five and up to 10 centimeters and the bulk of it really overnight. And for your Saturday morning, by the afternoon, it'll be much calmer. It'll start to dissipate. And then on Sunday, if you're traveling along the mountain passes, we're looking at drier conditions. A nice clearing on the way along the coast. Inland for Smithers tomorrow, sunshine by the afternoon. Central interior will still see a chance of flurries for the morning and then a partly cloudy sky by the afternoon. The instability for the southeastern corners, the Columbian Kootenai, we are still looking at a risk of a thunderstorm for the afternoon tomorrow. Much of the tops in Okanagan, it's a chance of showers. And along the south coast, we'll still see a few clouds in the mix for tomorrow. Windy conditions are going to pick up. It's a northwesterly wind up to 30 and areas near the Strait of Georgia, 50 and up to 70 kilometers per hour and brightening up Sunday onwards and temperatures anywhere between 15 and 16 degrees. A great weather window shot sent in from Allen and this was the sunset yesterday in Richmond. Guys? All right. Artsy. Artsy shot. Well done, Alan. Silhouette. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Yvonne. Well, yesterday we told you that fascinating about that fascinating find in an Okanagan Creek. A construction crew recovered a long-lost GoPro loaded with memories. Yeah, the search was on to find the camera's owner, and tonight that mystery has been solved. Here's Danny Seymour. It's hard to believe a camera could be found after being lost for five years in a creek. Never found anything quite quite like this. It's even harder to believe it took only three hours to identify the man who lost it. We went up there and we we're like, oh man, we should like take the GoPro and we should film us. On Thursday, we showed you video taken on a GoPro camera five years ago. The camera was found this week by a crew working in Mill Creek. After showing the video on air and online, we quickly learned the man seen jumping into the water at the Mill Creek Waterfalls is Staten Danlowich. Staten was skeptical when his friend Travis, who was also seen in the video, reached out to him to tell him the good news. He calls me and I answer the gym and he's like, he's like, dude, you're not going to believe it. Someone found your GoPro and I just did not believe him at all. But then after seeing the footage we aired. And I was like, no way. This is the craziest thing. Staten's dad, who lives in Kelowna, recalls the day his son returned home without his camera 
and was also thrilled to hear that it was found. He was really, really disappointed. And I think he was a bit in shock because, um, because there one moment, gone the next, you know? He went to throw me the camera so I could film him jumping in from below. And he threw it and it bounced right off the little rock pile and went over that kind of like five foot waterfall. After it disappeared, the two took extreme measures in an attempt to find it. We spent like an hour plus trying to like take 10 second shifts because the water was so cold to try to like hold our breath and look underneath the water and see if we could find it. I would almost say he was in um, a bit of hypothermia because he spent that long trying to find it. By the time they got home, he was like, he looked pretty rough. For Staten, seeing the recovered video for the first time is like a trip down memory lane. When I was able to see the full length clip that you guys aired back home, uh, I was just like, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that, oh nice, I got that. <laughs> so there is hope for the camera that I lost like 15 years ago. Absolutely. Okay. It might still come back to you. Where you want to see the pictures again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I got this idea Point. for a movie. It's called Dude, Where's My GoPro? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are in it. Should be a winner. Okay. Vancouver is still in the hockey playoffs. What? That's good. Oh, yes. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's we true. are. We are. You need to remember that. I know. We do forget that sometimes, and we really shouldn't. The last time the Vancouver Giants made the Western Hockey League Championship Final was the same year they hosted and won the Memorial Cup in 2007, when Milan Lucic was a Vancouver hockey hero. Then, of course, he became a Boston Bruin. They beat the Canucks in 2011 for the Stanley Cup, and some people got upset with them. Whatever the case. Tonight, the Giants could get back to the Western Hockey League Finals for the first time since 2007. All they have to do is beat Spokane one more time. They're up 3-1 in the series. Game 5 is in Langley this evening at the event center. We'll have highlights tonight. Okay, Barry Trotz, he won the Stanley Cup last year with Washington. They didn't want to give him a nice contract, so he went to the New York Islanders, and he has them playing great hockey. Game 1 against Carolina. Oh! Speaking of great, look at the save by Peter Morazic off Josh Bailey. Good leather work. Other end, Robin Leonard. That puck actually got caught up in the uh, linesman of referee's skate, so it causes a breakaway for Greg McKaig, but he can't score. He's got a nice name, though, Greg McKaig. But Robin Leonard with the pad save. And they're going to overtime 0-0. All right, there were reports from TSN that BC Lions linebacker Solomon Alamimian will be released. This is not really a big surprise, even though he has a year left in this contract and he is a former most outstanding player in the CFL and one of the greatest Lions ever. The uh, BC Lions, all CFL teams, have to be down to 75 players by Tuesday, so moves will be made. He only played four games last year because of a wrist injury. The new coaching staff would like to go into a new direction, and it would also give the Lions some room under the salary cap. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wearing his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sr.'s Montreal Expos uniform and now switching to a Blue Jays uniform for his first Major League game. This is the guy they've been waiting for in Toronto. But before we uh, show you anything that he's done, because he really hasn't done much tonight, how about Billy McKinney? Going for it. Does he get it? No. But... He did survive this crash into the seats and gave those guys something to talk about. First batter up for Toronto, Eric Sogard hits a solo shot. Eighth inning, they are 2-2. And Guerrero is now a Blue Jay. When the UFC does a show in Canada, they like Canadian fighters on the card. Give the fans 
someone to cheer for. And two BC fighters will be on UFC's 150 fight night in Ottawa a week from tomorrow. Richmond's Arjun Buller, a guy we have talked to before in this show, making his fourth UFC appearance. And the man we saw a little while ago, Squamish's Cole Smith, who is finally getting his big chance and making his UFC debut. They call him the Cole Train, and right now the Cole Train is on track for a breakout moment in his pro MMA career. Cole Smith has done his time in this sport. For 10 years, he's put in the work, which included a two and a half year stint in Thailand. I saw how people were training out there. I saw the work ethic and the dedication that, that, that they were doing. I kind of went out there to, uh, to see, if I could, see if I could handle it, you know. I, f I found that I was hanging with the best guys out there. I took a lot of fights. I won most of my fights. I decided to come back out here and they offered me an amateur title fight. I won that and the rest is history, you know, I just kind of kept going with it. That history includes dominant performances in BC's top MMA organization, Battlefield Fight League. But really, he owes his natural fight ability to growing up in a family as the youngest of four boys. I had to fight just for, just to eat, you know. I was the last guy in line, you know, so if I wanted some riceroni, I had to tough it out and, and uh, learn, learn to scrap. Getting that call from the UFC was an emotional moment for Smith, who knows this is his big break. A win gets him even bigger opportunities on bigger stages and a chance to literally cash in. Money. I need to make some money. I need to buy a house, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm 30 years old. I've been putting a lot of time into the sport, so I, I, I need to get something out of it eventually. So uh, I'm, I'm motivated. I want to make some money. I, I want to be at the top of the game. Rory, bow before you come in. You're right here. This is the softer side of Cole Smith. He helps run classes at the Sound Martial Arts Studio in Squamish. It's kind of a, a load off my mind, you know, when they come in, I can just play, play around with them, set up some games, you know, teach them some techniques, and, and it's kind of a chance to just relax, you know, so I actually really enjoy uh, doing the kids' classes. And the kids and the entire Squamish community are cheering hard for the Cole train to chug into Ottawa and win his UFC debut. You don't spend 10 years of your life getting to something and then just to freeze when you're there, you know. Enjoy the process, enjoy the fight, be happy you're there and, and you're going to perform. You want one? We can probably get you but one for your birthday. Says Sophie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not Cole train. Louie or something yeah, like yeah. that, so I sound tough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Squire. Right, it's Friday. It is. And you can never have enough cats. That's what I hear. Well, you can <laughs> if you're allergic, in my case. But you can Are never... singing See, cats? The, YouTube was clearly invented for cat videos. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. the internet was pretty much... Forget all the other stuff. It was only invented for cat videos. But TV, not so much. So let's add some more cat videos to uh, television, shall we? We had this commercial from Whiskers a couple of weeks ago, a mm -hmm. different version. This is the Cat Institute coming back. And then one from Reese's Puffs. Oh, here I am. Yes, let's begin. Here at Cat Institute of Technology, our free-thinking alumni enjoy probing into all manner of subjects, no matter how trivial, even human beings. What an adorably illogical species. Just look at how they express their affection. Tongues are for grooming. And they present each other with beheaded flowers and sticky chocolates. Poison to cats. That's it. Burn. 
Humans need to learn that love doesn't come from the heart, it comes from the stomach. And the best gift for any loved one I adore you. is a delicious meaty whiskers pouch. See? Love. Voila. Full stop. QED. Hi, I want to apply for a driver's license. What do you really want? To be able to legally drive a car. What do you really, really want? I want my independence. What do you really, really, really want? To show my parents that I can solve my own problems, that I don't want their help. Truth is, they need me more than I need them. What do you really, 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 really want? I want Reese's Puffs, okay? Okay. Thank you. Next! Reese's Puffs is what you really, 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 really want. That was deep. (laughs) It was deep. Okay. Uh, We've seen Snickers over the years hand these Snickers to people so they are no longer agitated or upset. Here's another version, but this time featuring the Joker. How about we play this next hand with the Joker? How about the Joker plays with you? You cut. Dad? Whoever draws the ace of spades wins the mightals! That window. Darren? Ever Snickers? Why? Because you get a little bit crazy when you're hungry. I'm not crazy. I'm just differently sane. (laughs) Better? Better. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. I want to reshuffle. Everyone needs a Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, some old favorites here. Uh, One from Old Spice, and I don't know why, I just felt like looking at the E-Trade baby again. After me, I am the best. I am the best. I have big muscles and I cool have hair. Big muscles and cool hair. I have a sophisticated and I diverse have a sophisticated group of friends. Diverse group of friends. I own an environmentally responsible sports sedan. An environmentally responsible sports sedan. I'm breaking up with Heather Graham because I need my space. I'm breaking up with Heather Graham because I need my space. Wait, what? I am winning all the sports. I am winning all the sports. I believe in myself. Oh, this is lame. Investors could lose tens of thousands of dollars on their 401k to hidden fees. Is that what you're looking for? Like a hidden fee in your giant mom bag? Maybe maybe I have them. Oh, that's right. I don't because I rolled my account over to E-Trade. Where, well, okay. They don't have hidden fees. Hey, Fern. The junk drawer? Why would they... Is that my gerbil? You said he moved to a tiny farm. That's it. I'm running away. No, no. You can't come! E-Trade. Less for us, more for you. (laughs) We've uh, pointed out before, the E-Trade baby is now 32. (gasps) (laughs) Married with kids of his own. We need to meet the voice behind the... Yeah, the voice was the key. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. good. Uh, Okay, the weekend is here. Almost. Anyway, 
<laughs> Almost. In like Morning. five minutes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Lots of sunshine coming too, it sounds like. Yeah, windy conditions tomorrow, especially if you're by the water and near the Strait of Georgia, 50 and up to 70. But we'll see some sunshine, more so on our Sunday, and then very pleasant uh, leading into early next week. Pretty good-looking forecast, and also things do start to warm up a bit. More comfortable once again if you're heading along the mountain passes, though we are looking at that snow, and the heaviest will be late this evening and into your Saturday morning. Sunday along the mountain passes will be a much smoother commute. All right, you got to check uh, News at 11 tonight for any breaking news. Tomorrow morning, though, we are going to be at the Strathcona Community Center Hoopathon shooting hoops to raise money for their basketball program. So the tallest good. person and the shortest person that's right. participate in this but, event. And Michael, Michael Newman. <laughs> Michael Newman's going to be there. Put your money on Yvonne. Sponsor us if you can. Look it up. Strathcona not Community Basketball. It's not a dunk basketball. contest, right? <laughs> no. It's not a dunk contest. Okay.